was a different meditation today. It seemed like it was more of a time of rest. Anybody been tired lately? <laughs> Ready to hibernate with the cold weather? Kind of relax, take a break from it all? Well, it was interesting because in my meditation, it was just all over the place. There wasn't like anything setting in, like no theme. Usually, it's like spirit comes present, here's the theme, let's go. So it was a little different today. And else it seemed a little more restful and kind of all over, wandering. But that's what I've noticed myself in my own meditations on a daily basis. That when I'm more tired, I don't quite have that focus. So I find myself just kind of floating, I like to call it. Not really even thinking or visualizing or meditating or anything necessarily because I'm not really focused or attentive. I want to meditate, but I'm not meditating. Or I don't want to meditate and I want to get more rest, but then I feel like I'm starting to meditate some. Or I don't know what the heck to do. You ever do that? Kind of in the middle of it all and not sure where to go with it, what you really want to do? It's like I'm too tired to meditate, but I'm too awake to really go back to sleep. And so a lot of it, that's maybe where we find ourselves at time. Not only in our meditations, but isn't that sometimes a metaphor even in our lives? that we find ourselves kind of all over the place. But when we're all over the place, do you notice how tiring that gets? Do you notice at times when you can really focus on maybe just one thing, how that can be invigorating, and you can actually feel energized by that, by giving your attention and focus on one thing at a time? That's because kind of how life works. You know, when we scatter the energy, we dissipate a lot of it. And we, when we learn to focus, we energize things. And so guess what we're doing in meditation, or shall I say attempting to do, depending on if you're too asleep or where you're at at the day, in the moment. We're learning just to focus on one thing. And in that one-pointed focus, in doing that, we are directing, and listen to this, we are directing the living, loving essence of who we are. It's as simple as that. You guys have all heard the phrases out there like, you're a powerful creator. Self-empowerment. Spiritual awakening. Has it done you any good? Are they nice phrases in the moment? Or have you actually done something with those phrases? Rather than just spotting them off as a nice quote, trying to motivate yourself? Why not look at those as something that maybe there's real meaning? And if we're willing to look and to learn, what is the meaning behind each of those phrases or quotes? So we can begin to see how can that serve us or support us? But if you realize truly what giving your focused attention is and what's happening, hopefully that itself might give you a little different perspective. But you see, we take everything for granted. It's so normal and ordinary. We don't think much. Yep, same old, same old, day in, day out. Every now and then there's a little bit of drama. And then there's a lot of times, there's a lot of drama. Wasn't it funny, the drama? Have you noticed in your life or people around you, they, when they don't have the drama, they tend to create it? Why is that? Well, it gives us to focus our attention. And when we focus our attention, there's an intensity. Isn't that what we call drama? 
Well, if we could take that same type of drama or focus of intensity into our meditation on God, and that's a lot of the challenge for most of us. There isn't a whole lot of drama with God. And so when it gets too peaceful or quiet or neutral, as we like to say, most of us just fall asleep or we start to wander, kind of float around like I was saying. Because the drama often engages us. It pulls on us. Did you know another name for that is karma? But it's funny because with spirit, it doesn't engage us the same way as a drama or karma in the world does. There's a greater freedom of choice and it's really more up to us to focus the living, loving essence of who we are. And when we focus into that place of freedom and neutrality, there's not a whole lot to it that we feel or experience mentally, emotionally, and physically. And so we find ourselves wandering because there's not that magnetic polarity drawing us into it. But I'll tell you what, this may be the biggest challenge in meditating, is learning to draw yourself into that focus. Because when you can do that, if you haven't had the experience yet or found out, there is a point once you've drawn yourself into the meditation, a similar but very different magnetic pull starts to pull on you, lifting you inwards and upwards rather than outwards or downwards. Have you noticed that? When we share that sacred name of God, we talk about the power of the name. And when you take that name, even the Hugh and the Anahu, when you take that name and repeat it in your consciousness, it builds a power. But you see, this world of reflection uses magnetism as the reflection of that true power of the sacred name. So what you feel in the world that the mind, emotions, and body go through being pulled into things and dramatized, well, that's actually a reflection of the truth of that loving frequency that God has for the soul that pulls the soul back into its true creator. That's that power of the name. Loving itself draws loving to itself. But we have to give ourselves the chance by invigorating, enlivening, energizing that name by putting our focus into it. We have to charge it as well as the Holy Spirit charges it when it's given to us. When you receive the sacred name of God, the Holy Spirit is placed in that name and charges that name with a frequency of loving that draws the soul inwards and upwards back to the source from which it's come. That's there. Do you know that? That is there? Have you given it that focus it takes to energize it or shall we just say to simply open yourself to experience that charge of energy that does draw you inwards and upwards? Have you noticed when you meditate and repeat the sacred name over and over, do you begin to feel an energy here at the top of the head, the seat of the soul? Do you feel it pulling you? Do you see that purple light inside? 
That's what that is. But you notice it doesn't necessarily happen until we give it our attention and our focus and the repetition of that sacred name. Well, that's the power. Through that repetition, it charges it. And it calls our attention present. And then in that is where we now engage with God. And it is that engagement, yeah, there's a pun there, the spiritual marriage, but it is that engagement with our soul with God that enlivens, intensifies, awakens, and begins the true action of the soul's liberation. Where now we are giving God the opportunity to bring us home. Our jobs are to bring ourselves home to here, the soul that we are. You all know how much work it takes just to get centered here at the seat of the soul, to get past all your thoughts and your feelings, all the body stuff, all your fantasies. It's not easy, is it? It's simple. Yeah, all i got to do is focus and chant the name. Done. But then to keep doing that and to allow that power to build up inside of you, that part's not easy, is it? Because we just keep losing our focus and keep getting drawn into all the thoughts and the feelings. And then we try to do something with it all. And so then we end up distracting ourselves. But not only is it a distraction, but if you heard what I said earlier, you are focusing the living, loving essence of who you are into anything you choose to. So you can focus it in that name and into God. And you can focus it everywhere else that you do. And do you realize wherever you place your attention, you are actually charging or energizing the very thing you are focused on? This is how simple this really is. So whatever you focus on, you are giving your living, loving essence to simply because you are focusing on it. And that's all you have to do to be a creator. And then it's a matter of what do you want to create. Do you really want to create all the disturbance? Why no? You say, no, I don't. Well, then why do you? Or shall I say, why do we? Why do we create this the disturbance when it's not what we really want? It's what the body wants. It's what the emotions want. It's what the imagination wants. They're hungry for your living, loving essence. Haven't you seen the movies where they're like the Dracula or the demons that are just sucking your soul out of you? You've seen those movies where it's like... <sighs> well, guess what that is? There's an accurate portrayal in a lot of those things. It doesn't literally suck you out and you're lost and gone in it. That part's not true but it literally sucks on your energy. But it can only do that if we allow it. Because when we allow it, we allow ourselves to be pulled or drawn into the experience that is there for us, good or bad. It's so funny, it's always the negative demonic things in the movies that we see that way. Well, that's a nice portrayal though, because most of us look at those experiences of negative or demonic. And then we wonder why all these superstitions and all the prayers and exorcisms that have to go on. But you here have heard this now more and more. It is simply a matter of where you choose to focus. 
You don't need all the superstitions and rituals and trying to change things. All you got to do is focus on what you want and stop focusing on what you don't want. But here's the thing. Because we have focused on all these things for so long, and Lord knows how many lifetimes, believe me, you really don't want to know. You really don't. It's worse than any of you realize. It's absolutely horrible in a good way. That's why we say this is repetition. All this is refocus, refocus. And I know there's a lot of times you feel like, my God, is this ever going to end? Yes, it will. It will. All we've done is simply charged all these thoughts and feelings and things in the world and our fantasies by just simply repeating, giving our attention over and over. Because every time we do, it gives it a little more power. It's like a battery. Is your battery low or is it charged up? Are your negative fantasies low or are they charged up? It's really that. And I like talking about it this way because then it's more neutral. It's just something that goes on rather than, oh my God, that's a real negative thing. And oh yeah, that's a positive one. There's the angels and the demons. Oh my God. A lot of this journey is demystifying a lot of these mystical, magical, illusionary experiences that the soul has in this physical creation. That's a lot of what we're doing here. It's simply demystifying, disillusioning. We've all been illusioned. Well, Jim's in my job here is to disillusion people. A little brainwashing helps. I know everybody's got a dirty mind, so let's clean it up a little. I know those are where the jokes come from. But why do they all come that way? Negative thinking, stinking thinking, all those things. But if you realize that, that's all any of this is. And when the more energy we give to it, yes, it creates possessions. It creates obsessions. It creates addictions. It creates the things that we think are very demonic. It does. It creates those things. Those things have been given power over eons of time. So I'm not saying that none of that's anything you have to really deal with. It is. But it's how you deal with it that makes the difference. Because if you keep feeding it and believing it's horrible, demonic, negative, possessed, obsessed, that belief itself will give it the power to keep you caught up and attached to it. Notice I said caught up and attached, not trapped. It feels like you're trapped, but that's the illusion. Nobody really is. And yeah, it'd be easier if it just snapped your fingers and then you don't feel stuck or trapped anymore. Well, guess what? Every time you meditate, you share your loving with God, when you work with that sacred name, I don't care if you've been initiated or not, it is simply that focus in working with that sacred name and sharing your loving with God that begins to disillusion and discharge all of these negative fantasies, if we can call them that. You start to realize the greater truth in and through all of it. And you start to realize 
you actually fed these things, these things that look so dark and negative. And the more you enliven that loving inside of yourself, you'll start to see your loving now reach out even to the negative dark stuff. And not enliven it, not in the way that I'm talking now, but rather as a process of now bringing back to yourself that which you've given away. It's called empowerment. There's a lot of things out there now, and I can't say I keep up with it all. A lot of metaphysical things with soul retrieval and all these kinds of things. Releasing the negative, clearing, whatever. There's a lot of that out there. And some of it may be helpful. Unfortunately, I've seen a lot of it not be helpful because we've given our power away too much to it. But if you realize you already have all the power within yourself, I'm sorry to put a lot of people out of business as more people started really focusing in the way that we're sharing here in ILM. But that's all right. They'd find something else to do. But if you had realized it's really up to you and you have all the power by simply focusing your loving back to yourself and back to God, it automatically starts to release you. You start to retrieve your soul from where you've placed that essence into the illusion or the reflection. That's all you're doing is bringing back that life force you've given out here. You're giving it back to yourself. And that will invigorate you and bring back life. But in a very different way. It's going to restore your soul. It's going to rejuvenate more of the soul. But that rejuvenation I'm talking about is simply that action of return. That which you put out, you now bring back to you. And as you do that, as you take responsibility for your thoughts, your feelings, actions, and reactions, that's what I'm talking about right now. But it looks like all these amazing, magical, mystical, negative and positive things in this creation. But when you do it, the way we share here in that simplicity, by taking responsibility, is about you taking back to yourself that essence of loving that you've now given away to the reflection. That's it. Just by taking responsibility, no longer giving your power away, is going to make a huge shift in your consciousness. But that shift is simply because you now are bringing back the focus of your living, loving essence back to its source. That's it. And guess what? All these details that we share about here like I am now, that's what's actually taking place every time you sit down or lay down or stand, however you want to do it. Every single time that you bring your attention back into that sacred name and loving God and allowing God to love you. That happens automatically. That's why you often hear us in here talk about when those things come up, what do we say? Let them go or give them up to God or allow God to go into them. Just over and over. That's what's taking place. And then when we just can't seem to 
let it go or allow the loving to move and we really do feel stuck, well, that's where we bring in the LAF and make it more of a process so we feel like we're doing something. But we're doing something all along just through the action of meditation. In other words, I'm hoping in sharing more that you realize how much power, how much love, how much freedom is there for you simply in that action. And it's funny because it's one of the easiest, if not the easiest action we can take. You don't have to do anything with the body. That's pretty easy. All you have to do is learn to focus your attention back into that spirit of loving. That's it. Because when you do that, believe me, most of our karmas are unconscious. You have no idea. That's why I made the comment about you don't want to know how many lifetimes this has been. You have no idea. Unconsciously, all these connections and attachments we've created over eons of time on all the realms, mentally, emotionally, imaginatively, phys physically, all of them. We don't have to know all those attachments. We don't have to learn all the lessons. All we have to do is love God and allow God to love us. And then in that, the lessons get fulfilled. The learning takes place. We have the greater understanding. We have the greater awareness. And a lot of times we don't even have to ask. You know that phrase, asking you shall receive? Well, a lot of that asking is simply to help us to open up, to be able to receive. That's what that does. The asking is a way for us to begin to take greater responsibility and open the doorway to loving so that we can receive. If you understand this, you realize all you need to do is your part. And when you do, you will be drawn inwards and upwards to the seat of the soul. And when you really are there and centered, and focused. That's all you have to do. And from that place on, and hopefully many of you or most of you know this now, when you have found yourself come to that place of centered and feel that energy and see that purple light, do you notice this alignment that takes place inside of you and you find this place of peace and neutrality? And then in that, you may experience a lifting or you actually go out of body. You actually experience yourself being lifted in and up and out. That you have some type of experience that is that inwards and upwards flow that draws you, that you have no control or power over. Have you noticed that? Why do you think we talk about surrender? That surrendering is letting go of our trying to control and when we do that is where we allow God now to do God's part. And believe me, God will bring us home. We just have to give God the chance. That's what we're doing, not only in meditation, but in all the simple teachings here of taking responsibility for our thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions, of working with the loving, accepting, forgiving. Then it all can happen right in meditation. And even outside of meditation, meditation opens the door. Then it can take place at any time, anywhere, day or night. Although it's easier 
to let the body be at rest and supported when you go consciously into these inner experiences. But that's just for being conscious. Often we'll go to sleep. But have you had the experiences where even in you're going to sleep, all of a sudden you wake up and you either know you're out of body or you're in a dream, but it's so real that seems just as real or more real than your physical experience? Have you had those? Do you remember? Or maybe you forgot? Jim often will refer back to remember when you're a little child. A lot of these things often happen back in our childhood when we simply forgot. And then in meditating and listening to these talks, it reminds us and it stirs that memory awake. So it's bringing the childhood present to today. It's not about going to your past. It's about now being present and bringing your past present. So you don't have anything in the past to hold you back, to draw you back, but rather as the past is brought present, now we're free. Here's another one. Have you had dreams or experiences where you found yourself completing a class, completing high school, completing college? Have you had any of those dreams? Or you're back in school or high school seeing all your old friends you haven't seen in decades? Have you had some of these experiences yet? Well, these things go on. This pathway is a path of soul liberation. And that means letting go of the past. And letting go of the future, for that matter. Because we've got a lot of fantasies about what we'd like in the future. And that's why it's bringing it all to the present. The past and the future. Because it's only there in the is a freedom where we do not have the attachments where we've projected through our mind, emotions, and imagination to the past or present. So meditation, again, brings us present. So we're no longer caught up on that timeline. Because that timeline is what pulls our attention to the past and what pulls our attention to the future and if you're like me, I would often fantasize about the future so that I could change my past. In other words, what? We all want a better life, no matter what it is. All of these things take place simply through the action of meditation. It's automatic. It takes place. You begin to see where you're attached, where you can let go. You begin to get greater clarity or answers to your questions. You begin to experience more of the neutrality rather than the pain if you allow it. One of the biggest things that I have found as well is simply our resistance. Believe it or not, even a lot of the things that we really want, we actually resist taking place. Have you seen where You've really wanted something, but then as you go for it, you end up pushing it away, or a lot of people like to say undermining or sabotaging yourself. Or have you seen that in others? They say they want something, or you say you want something, but then all of a sudden when it starts actually showing up in your periphery, all of a sudden you go into reaction, 
and hold it back or push it away? Have you done that? Have you noticed that? Have you seen that in others if you haven't seen it in yourself? It's always easier to see it in others. These are all the things we do. That resistance. It's so funny because we create it even to the good things that we want in life. Most of the time, it's just a reaction to the negative experiences. We try to hold them at bay or push them away. That's what resistance does. I don't want to experience that. I'm not going to look at that. I don't want to let it in. It's going to get me. And oh my God, what's going to happen if it gets me? Here's another one. Haven't you all had the dreams where it's fight or flight? There's some big brute that's either chasing you and you're getting away, you're running for your life. Or you want to turn around and kill the brute before it kills you. You know the monsters? That's what all these things are. Well, that's all based on resistance. And if you understand resistance, there's a magnetic charge there. That resistance actually pulls to us the very things we don't want to experience. And it keeps away the very things we do want to experience. That's why we all have pity parties. Why don't get anything I want and I get everything I don't want? Why me? Why do I have such a miserable life? It's the fundamental physics, if you will. A lot of people call these spiritual laws. I don't call them spiritual laws. Spirit doesn't have laws. They're karmic laws. They're the laws of the land, of the physical, astral, causal, mental, and etheric. When you get into spirit, it's all love and grace. It is not a law. Loving, accepting, forgiveness, and a whole lot more are not laws. They're principles. Their experiences, their actions. Are you still with me? Are you wandering or floating off? Just trying to focus and hold that attention. Boy, I just wish God would share something more profound today. Shit out of luck today. Better luck next time, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's because Jim's not here. Is that it? I'm not done yet. It is harder when, it, when we're all tired. This is the funny thing. The more we can focus, the more space it gives spirit to be present. The less we focus, the less space there is. That's it. You are the living, loving essence of the Lord. And where you focus is what you'll get. You're not only trying to focus into that living, loving essence, you are focusing that living, loving essence. That's the biggest thing here. That's the biggest thing. We give our power away all the time to so many things, thinking, well, this will do it for me. Not realizing we do it for ourselves. We do it for ourselves. 
Even the things that do it for us, they can only do it for us because we have done it for ourselves by that focus. Why do so many things work for some people and not us? And what works for us doesn't work for all these other people. Or all the things that works for everybody else does work for us. A lot of people call it the power of prayer, the power of belief. The creative visualization. People think it's so mystical. It's not. It's the true creativity of the soul. It really is as simple as where we choose to focus. You see, that's the freedom God's given us, that unconditional loving. Is that freedom to make our choices and to learn from our choices. God didn't send us into hell or the tree of knowledge. But God did create us and created these other kingdoms to give the soul opportunity to go out and explore. And through that exploration to have experience. And through that experience to wake up and realize it is through our own creativity that we create our experience. And as we create our experience, we get to walk through that because it is only through the walking through the experience do we awaken and come to know the truth. It is not by thinking about it, by fantasizing about it, but it's by doing it. Okay, I'm just about ready to say something profound. I feel it coming. I used to call it ET. Energy transmission. There's all kinds of wild stuff. I used to channel back in the day. It's all a movement of energy. We're all channels. It's for the freedom of choices. But realize you're the one who's creating that. I know a lot of people channel and what they think is all these great spiritual beings. And if you were to look in and see their consciousness like I have, all they're doing is channeling their own subconscious mind. It's amazing. And then millions or thousands at least of people give their power away and follow that. Are you guys giving your power away here? I hope not. Because hopefully if you hear what we're saying is how to empower yourself, not give it away. That's why I make the jokes about the brainwashing and the cults and this and that. Because we're doing the opposite of what all that is. We all want the easy miracle. Not knowing the easy miracle is simply through the actions we share here. Is the silence between the words more powerful than the words? Do you feel that right now? Do you feel that focus or intensity? Do you feel that sensation on the top of your head? 
and your eyes are open and focused, do you see that white light or the purple light? Do you see faces changing? All that goes on. And that's all because we've allowed ourselves to focus more into the Spirit. And so the more you allow yourself to participate with that focus, you'll start to awaken more and become more aware to see, to hear, to know. In one way or another, that energy transmission. Because it's up to you to do all the weird experiments and the poking and the prodding, not E.T. It's an exercise to wake up in the quiet where we want to fall asleep. Are you focused and aware right now, Spirit? Or are you wondering, what the hell is he doing today? <laughs> All it takes is one person to hold that focus and everybody else to tap into that themselves, to have that experience. And then we begin to have it. Today is more about learning about that living, loving essence and focusing it. And it is necessarily about all the great angels and masters and teachers. And believe me, that's all part of it too. And that's a lot of the magic we all want, I know. I was back here in the day when Jim used to talk about a lot of that. That's what drew me to all this. And I had a lot of those experiences, and I still do, actually. It's just very different now. Because all of that is part of God's creation, not separate from, not a distraction, but it can be if we let it be. And here's some of the magic to hopefully support you and encourage you through all this peacefulness. When you really make it about God and God only, all the other magic is going to happen and you'll get to experience it in whatever way God wants it for you so that you really know whatever supports you and inspires you, God knows. If it's all the phenomena, well, that's what you'll have some of. Not too much if it's going to distract you, but maybe just enough to let you know it's real. You don't want to resist it. Because I know a lot of times over the years of Jim and I sharing, I know it sounds like sometimes I'm putting down a lot of these things. I'm not. I'm just trying to help acknowledge a focus. Because I know when you focus on the highest aspect, which is God, then through that grace, God is going to bring you through all of these other experiences that are meant for you to experience. The nice thing is, you don't have to create it. You already have. But on your way home to God, God's going to bring you through it all to now release you from all of those creations.
And that's the big one here. We do our part, but without God, it doesn't really get done. There's not the liberation. The liberation is truly surrendering to God fully and allowing that loving essence, that Holy Spirit, that grace, that is the sound current, that is the sacred name, to bring the soul through all that we've created to now release what we've created and to take back to ourselves that essence of the divine that we've given away. That's all done through the grace. And if you really knew it, and maybe some of you have experienced it that way, that you've gone through some wonderful and horrible experiences that you wish you could control and didn't have, ex have to experience. But in those experiences, if you've paid attention, hopefully you've been aware of a divine presence that was carrying you through it all. And it is that divine presence that I'm talking about here. So if you realized one-pointed focus on that divine presence, that's what carries you through it all. And that's what liberates the soul. Without that, we would just create more attachment. And that's what we tend to keep doing. So it's not about just letting go. That's a small part of the equation. The biggest part is letting God. You just have to give God the opportunity. Just like I started right now, there's all kinds of things going through my mind of all kinds of examples of all these experiences I could share about to give example of what I'm talking about now. Because it's all the time. Well, maybe that's what Q&A will be for. Because it does help to go into specific examples to make it more real or tangible in a way that maybe speaks to us. Because I know a lot of the way I share is more about generality. or Even though it can sound specific, I'm not sharing a specific example of that. And that's why I like the Q&A. Because it gives it time where you can ask for specific examples that you can ask, oh my God, what you're saying here, I'm not sure, but it sounds like, could you help me to understand, does that apply to my life experience so that I can really understand and get the clarity for myself? There's great value in that. It's important to do that. Listen, I know a lot of us run off at Q&A time. Because that's often when our disturbance shows up that we don't want to look at. And that's okay. But I'd encourage you to come to Q&A as well. To hang out. See if you can get past the resistance and the fear, the discomfort. To give yourself the opportunity. I'm not making this a have to. Don't anybody think that with what I'm saying and I'm not laying a guilt trip. Well, you should stay for a Q&A and if you go, you're just avoiding, even though that's true. <laughs> that does not always apply, so don't make it anything like that. I'm just saying I know that happens from time to time. Use the opportunity here to get past the discomfort and the resistance and the things we want to avoid. 
Use the opportunity to make yourself a fool and confess, like I like to joke around a lot because it really does set you free. But also use the opportunity to support yourself, to love and acknowledge yourself. A lot of the times, we want love and acknowledgement from others. But guess what? When we don't love and acknowledge ourselves, that's one of the ways that we're actually resisting and holding that at bay. So that's another time. I like to call it sharing and q and It's a time to even share and acknowledge ourselves. Like, I am doing this. I am loving myself. And really, what are our questions but to understand how we can love ourselves more? That's really what we're asking. Even when we're asking or talking about other people, all we did was get distracted from our own loving. How can I love myself more, even with all these things that are going on in my life with other people? Because you see, that's the first step, is learning to love yourself. And then God's able, or shall I say, you're able to now open up and receive God's loving. God's always able to love all of us, always does. But are we able to receive that loving is the big one. And a lot of us aren't. But what we're sharing here is a way to be able to do that. That's why we try to give opportunity where we have these days both to share spiritual principles or teachings, but then also to begin to apply them, to get greater understanding and to live them. And literally right here to have experience. That's why we do the retreats to give the opportunity to experience in the moment. So we're not just talking, but literally experiencing as we're talking even. I know all of us have all kinds of questions, whether it's past life and metaphysical stuff, or whether it's simple, ordinary stuff. How can I have a better relationship? How can I let go? How can I love God more? What are these dream experiences? What are these meditation experiences? What is in-body and out-of-body? All of it. So let's talk about it all. Especially the things you're scared to talk about. Because those are the ones that are the most liberating when we finally can acknowledge them. so funny because a lot of the times we talk in here, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Sometimes I hear that go on so much and I hear myself talking about it so much, I'm like, why are we so focused on that? Why aren't we more focused on just loving God? Well, in truth, we are. It's just that all these other things is where we're so caught up and where our attention is. Without talking about it, we don't give ourselves the opportunity to let go of it. That's the only reason I bring it up. Just to give that opportunity. Because we've got to take the responsibility and take the opportunity. And it's as simple as no longer avoiding or resisting. It really is that simple but it doesn't work until we do it. 
So let's take the opportunity.